Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of the Hooligan Report. Uh, we've had a bit of a break over the off-season, but we're back and re-energised, ready to go for the new season. Uh, and I have with me Lunity and Boyan. Hey, SM. Hi, Doug. Boyan. How are you guys? How have you enjoyed the off-season? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good uh, with all the transfer rumours, although it's starting to get a bit tiresome now. But um, So we, uh, when are you getting bail, man? Oh, mate. Don't Tomorrow? Start. Don't start on that. Don't start on that. Yeah, we're, we're getting him. Well, I think, well, we're, we're going to tell Di Maria that he's going back to Real. Oh, right. the bail. Oh, Don't fine. worry about PSG or Man City or whatever Qatari club you put yourself up for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think everyone's just at that stage where most of the transfers are done and let's kick things off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lunity, how about yourself with uh, Chelsea? Letting Czech go to Arsenal? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we've been quite quiet, which is uh, different for us. Um, obviously, Czech to Arsenal was the biggest thing we've done, I guess. Um, but he's been at the club for 10 years and done enough to let him stay in London, I guess. Um, so I'm not too bothered by it. What? Uh, how would you feel about it if, you know, it's... It, come January and it's getting down to the point end of the season and Arsenal are really looking a decent title contender and, and you know they've been very solid in defence and that sort of thing and you know how would you feel if Czech was kind of contributing to their title charge? Um, I mean it's tough to say now like I'd, I'd like to think I would still feel the same way but I don't know I don't I don't I really wish that I wouldn't be bitter about it um, because obviously we have Courtois, so if he wasn't going to be with us, then um, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, fair enough. I guess we might we might revisit it uh, towards the end of the season if it does come off. I mean, yeah. Arsenal Arsenal could end up coming fourth again, and it's not really a big issue. Let's hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we we might um. We're going to do a bit of a concise uh, season preview as opposed to last year. We went through it a bit more in depth over a couple of weeks, but we'll um, tackle a couple of teams in this segment and then uh, the rest of the sides uh, in the segment later on today. Um, but we'll start with Bojan and we'll chat, chat about United uh, and your off-season, your purchases. I mean, you've made quite a few impressive signings uh, at the start of the window, but not so much recently. That's right, that's right. So I guess at the start of the window, we talked about it, I think, in the, in the last podcast, that United really needed a fullback um, to replace Rafael or Valencia. A new um, centre-half, one centre midfielder and one player in the um, final third. And that was what was really required to get up to compete for a long time with with um, Chelsea for the title. And... We've kind of done that, um, with the exception of signing a new centre half. So I'm pretty happy with Damien. I remember I I uh, mentioned that Van Hal didn't really want want Klein, and that we could get someone that was better or as good for the same price overseas. And we got Italy's best player from from last year, from Torino for 12 million, which was. Uh, a bargain, I thought, um, and he's been very impressive in, in the pre-season. Uh, then, well, and that was following the capture of Memphis Depay, which I was extremely happy with, and he's been excellent during the pre-season. 
and then you've got the uh, purchases of Morten Schneiderlin and Bastian Schweinsteiger, which I think most fans of the Premier League will be pretty happy to, to see him. I'm, I'm always, I guess, delighted when these players who you never think you will see in the Premier League. I mean, even with Falcao last year, I was just delighted that he was going to be in the lead, and I better see him play every week. And thankfully, we'll get the same opportunity this year with him. But to have Schweinsteiger in, in the lead, it's going to be, and um, for my club, it's going to be fantastic. And with Di Maria basically done to PSG for 40 Four million pounds, I think, and then um, Pedro's basically done to come from Barca for about twenty-two million pounds. I think. I think you'll see a, a very different Man United team next season. Um, a lot more kind of experience. If you get Pedro in there with uh, Schweinsteiger, suddenly um, everything starts to look, you know, a bit better for us going forward, particularly in the big games and you, I mean if, you, if you're looking at competing with Chelsea and City in particular and they've got um, very good structured teams and you're going to need someone like Schweinsteiger to um, get in there and try and stop Fabregas and Nemanja Matic and those kind of guys and Pedro to add some experience we really haven't got someone on that side because Matt is slow to run at Aspilicueta and try and give him some trouble. And the same replies, I guess, if you're talking about playing against Man City. And, I mean, we were talking so, last season, we, we touched on, I mean, uh, Michael Carrick's role in the team was so important that when you went on, on that good run of form towards the end of the season, it was with him in the team. Uh, and with his injury troubles and, and, you know, coming towards the end, I suppose it's good to have guys like Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger in the side now who can provide you with a bit more assurance of, of reliability and consistency. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, United haven't bought a high-quality centre midfielder since we signed Michael Carrick in 2006. And that was really a replacement for Paul Stoll, so they did play for another three or four years. So the good thing now is that we've got four high-quality centre midfielders because you've got Ander Herrera as well. I mean, there's been plenty of debate on the, on the United board. I think that they'll each play probably about 30 games each, the season and they'll be rotated and that's quite good having Herrera there because Carrick and Schweinsteiger have struggled to stay fit for the last couple of years. So I think United will have a 4-3-3 with Schneidel and Carrick and Schweinsteiger um, through the midfield and then Pedro, Rooney and Depay up front. Okay, yeah, yeah I was going to ask, yeah. ask your lineup. And how do you see your back four looking? Because I know you, you said you're a bit concerned by... Um, no incoming centre-backs so far. Uh, how's that looking? Well, um, if you can't... United, I've worked out kind of... United's budget for the start of the uh, window was £150 million, pounds, and it was well kind of publicised because United, as a listed company, have to provide their uh, forecast to the market. And the net spend to date, if you include Di Maria out and Pedro in, is £32 million. So there's still plenty of cash there, 120 million to spend on either a centre back and or a centre forward. Um, do you think that sort of can... sorry? Do you think that sort of publicly listed information is almost a disadvantage for United in terms of negotiations? If if clubs kind of know how much money you've got, uh, that you can you know uh, raise the bid higher and higher. I mean, it, we've seen it sort of happen with Man City with Sterling. Um, do you think that that works against you in any way? Not 
really. Not, and the reason um, for that is that uh, everyone knows United got heaps of money, and everyone knows United heap, need to invest a lot of money to get this team up to challenging again. So, I mean, maybe look if you're in advanced negotiations with a club, you know, they might think, well, you know, we can probably hold out for an extra few million here, which is basically what happened with Fellaini, if you remember, uh, yeah. at the start of well, two years ago, almost now. So maybe for a few million and maybe if you know, to do try and get a bail or someone like that and you're talking about, you know, what's going to be a hundred million euro-ish transfer or Thomas Muller, you know, it'll, they'll hold out for a few more million. I don't think it's as drastic as, as, as people think. But um, I was going to mention that unless the elite calibre player is there, United don't need to effectively transform the whole team in one season. If they're not there, there's no point spending the money. I, I, w- I would have been delighted to get uh, Hummels. I would have been delighted to get uh, Eric Laporte or Varane but, um, or Sergio Ramos. But I don't think those players are on the, on the, on the table. And um, the ones that have been mentioned, I think Otamendi's too expensive. Uh, I can see United going after John Stones and just offering more money than Chelsea for him. But then you kind of, United have already got, you know, Smalling and Jones and they're probably just going to hamper his development by buying him. He probably is actually better off going to Chelsea. So I think what United should do is, unless that gun centre-half appears, stand pat with Smalling and Jones. Uh, Rojo won't start the season as he... He effectively has a criminal conviction from when he was a, a youngster in Argentina, so he can't fly to America. So that's the reason why, he, after the Top of America, he wasn't on the preseason tour. I can't right. see him coming in for round Jesus. one after playing no no games. Yeah, I think he blasts his neighbour or something when he was 18. So, like <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretty in- intimidating individual if you see him on the pitch. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd imagine we'll start with Smalling on, on, on the right and Jones on, on the left. Um, and, yeah, I guess Rome wasn't built in a day. De Gea will be around for one more season unless, you know, I don't know. I still hold out a 5% chance that he might resign, but um, that's probably just me being a fanboy. Anything else? Um, and, yeah, so the next window or January, look for that centre-half and that second striker, although I'm surprised United haven't just gone out and spent the money and spent $40 million on Lacazette. But he might not want to come and sit on the bench. That's a thing. I mean, that was supposedly uh, one of the Spanish um, journalists, not Mark Hottie, the other one. Um, the other guy, Gian Balladay, was talking about United going, went hard after Cavani. Cavani wanted to be guaranteed to start every game. And Van Hal said, well, no, you've got to actually fight for your place, which is the whole reason Di Maria is also leaving a little bit. Mentally weak, didn't want to stay and fight first place in his career at United. So does, you're kind of trying to sign a, a top level centre half. Does this all mean that? Parent. Does this all mean that uh, James Wilson's likely to stay and and uh, uh, try and fight for a spot on the bench or fight for fight for a place in the side? Mate, I, I'd love for United to send James Wilson to Hull. I really would. <laughs> I just, I mean, oh, we. I, I, there was a bit. There was a bit of invested interest in that, but we we ha- we are looking at getting um, Akpom from Arsenal, which I suspect is a result of uh, Van Hal basically saying that Wilson's not available for a loan. Correct. There have been lower Premier League clubs who have inquired heavily, and uh, he's not willing 
Bunhal's not willing to let him go. I guess the idea behind that being is that you ship out Falcao, you ship out Van Persie. If United sign another striker, Hernandez will leave. Um, and then you're looking at kind of having three strikers, unless, yeah, three strikers if you get rid of Hernandez too and sign someone else. So he's not that far away. And he did come off the bench a lot. I know he'd be, be preferable. Uh, be my preference for him to play more, and it's hard for Blood and you know Chelsea and City having these issues where you've got these young stars coming through, and it's hard to play them while you're contending for a title. It is because you know you'd rather just rely on your on your stars and and your, your more experienced players. But I think uh, Wilson will get more of a role this year. He's been doing well in pre-season. Andreas Pereira will get a big role. He's been he had a massive World Cup and dominated. And um, he's hit the press. He's been really good in pre-season. Even Janizay hasn't been horrible. So he might get a, few, a, a decent run too up top. So Van Hal's to turn him into a striker. He's not a left winger anymore. Janizay's playing up front. Okay. So that might be the thinking there. Um, so, But as I said, I mean, you just need... You don't buy for the sake of buying. You wait until something good pops up. It's in your price range. And then you just, yeah, you spend the money. Yeah. Cool. Well, a club that knows a bit about spending money in previous um, windows, and, and we've touched on Stones already. I might go across to Lunity now and uh, chat about Chelsea's uh, prospects over the remainder of the window, any any players that they're looking at bringing in. Uh, any latest on the Stones bid? Um, I think the last I heard was that we'd offered 26 for him, and Everton turned it down because they want 34, I think. Um or another rumour that I heard was that they want Moses on loan. As yeah, well I was, was going to mention 30. that one. Yeah, but Mourinho has said recently that Moses is staying in the squad uh, for this season. Um, yeah, so I get the feeling that we will pay it, the 34. Um, but this window? I, th- I think so. <laughs> Mourinho this morning has said that he wants two more defenders. So that would be Stones and um, Bubba. Yeah, so Bubba. he wants them both before uh, game one. So I think hopefully they'll both be done this week. But... Jeez, so it's kind of watch this space. I mean, it should yeah, be heating up so. quite a lot over the next few days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess like on that, uh, Roman is apparently done personally. It just needs to be a fee agreed between um, Augsburg and Chelsea. Um, but besides that, we've not done a huge amount for the first team uh, this this transfer window. Uh, the only obvious one is Falcao in on loan to probably be third striker, uh, and Begovic as backup. What's your take been on Begovic over the preseason? I mean, I caught his game against uh, who was the who was the American side you guys played first up? Was it Red Los Angeles? Oh, Red Bulls, that's it. Yeah. He, he didn't look too impressive in that one. No, he didn't, but um, I don't know if you, if you can put a whole heap on him for that. Yeah. As well as, I mean, it was everyone's first game back, um, so they're all going to be a bit um, sluggish, I suppose. But in later games, like against PSG and Barca, he had a few decent saves. So, I mean, he's top quality, especially for a backup to have. So. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting career move for him. Yeah, I think... Uh, how old is he? Is he He's only 20, 29 or something? Or something? Yeah, 20, 28, 29. Um, 
He's 28. So yeah, it is for someone who, if his age to just go and be a um, backup, it is interesting. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, tell him he made the wrong decision at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously check out uh, to bring him in is pretty phenomenal, I think. Um, and then leading up to the first game day. There's been some doubts cast over Costa's fitness. I mean, he was pulled out of the um, Community Shield match last night, uh, which we can touch on a bit later. Um, what's your take on that? Because it's obviously familiar problems to last season as well. Yeah, um, I think it, it was said this morning as well that he might be out for the first game. Um, and we have a we have a friendly against uh, Fiorentina this on Thursday our time, I think. Um, and Marino has said that Falcao will start that. So uh, for for game one, it might be Falcao starting against Swansea. Um, I will take him out of my fantasy side then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just asked a, a quick question, Looney. Um, yeah. Has Falcao shown anything in the preseason that would lead you to think he can get back to the level he was before his knee injury? Or is it more the same that you probably saw from him last year? Um, I don't know. He's looked good. He hasn't scored, but um, his movement has been all right. Um, it seemed really like the players were sort of neglecting to pass to him a little bit. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, he can hit the ground running against Swansea. Um, it would be great for him to get back to that Atletico Madrid sort of level pre-knee injury, but whether he can do that is quite unlikely, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, that, that was never the problem with him last year. I mean, his movement, I mean, if, you, if you're a oh, young sure, forward, yeah. he's the one you want to watch. His movement off the ball is fantastic. It's just for some bizarre reason when he was through on goal, he just couldn't finish, which was uh, yeah. unfathomable. But, um, yeah, hopefully he comes back and um, starts scoring and you know, on Chelsea's road to second. But it's always <laughs> good to see uh, players like that in the league, as I said. <laughs> um, so on that, yeah, what are your... Uh, what do you think your prospects are for the season, Looney? Do you reckon you guys can back up with um, back-to-back titles or, or a lack of activity over summer might undermine that somewhat? Um, I, th- I think we... Well, at least it seems to be in Mourinho's mind that we have the squad to do it again. Um, if we get those additions of hopefully Stones and Bubba. Um, but it's tough to do. I think, how many times has it been done in the history of the league? Oh, it wouldn't be many. And, I mean, you just have to look at Man City. Haven't been able yeah. to back up either of their titles. Yeah, that's right. So it's always going to be difficult. But um, I think we'll at, at the very least we'll be around, like we'll be at top two. Um, and maybe if, if required in January, we can go out and hopefully look to top up the squad to make a run for the title. Fair enough then. Um, we might move on then uh, to chat about Liverpool, who I think Boyan's covering, much to his delight. Um, and <laughs> they've certainly had a very busy summer, um, probably highlighted by the capture of Benteke after a lot of will-they-won't-they they speculation, especially on big footy. Uh, and one of the most bizarre transfers, at least I've seen recently, where a supporting group has actually hoped that they wouldn't wouldn't sign the player. Um, so, so what was your take on their window? Oh, look, well, um, looking 
I just had them from last year. They had a couple of key deficiencies, um, and those were definitely right back. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to play 4-3-3, uh, but definitely right back, another centre mid, and they, despite the plethora of forwards they had, they needed more. They needed some real firepower up there. And um, they brought in, yeah, Christian Benteke, Nathaniel Klein to fill that right-back role, um, Roberto Firmino from Hoffenheim for a decent decent fee, um, James Milner to fill that central midfield role, and some backup players like Ings, Gomez, and um, Bogdan. So, and that's, you know, they needed some firepower. They needed an, an X factor as well to replace Sterling. I mean, the thing I like about Sterling is I don't think it's worth that money, but he didn't, you know, in the lead, and that's why Hazard's so good. When the game's tight, you need someone who can beat a man one-on-one and create something. And they lost that with Sterling. They might have brought that in with Firmino. It's, you know, some players adapt to the lead in the first season just, just straight away. Some, it takes them a few years. Some don't make it. But um, Firmino's certainly got confidence, and he's got X factor. So it'll be exciting to see how he goes. I think he'll be part of a forward three with um, Ben Tate and Sturridge. And when Sturridge gets injured, you just plug uh, Lalana in. Um, and you'll have Milner, Henderson, and Chan in the midfield. And in defence, Klein, Sturdle, Sacco, and Moreno. I still don't rate Moreno, but um, he's young. Hope, well, hopefully for their sake. Um, he's improved over the off-season, and he can, I guess, focus more on the defensive side of the game rather than, rather than going forward. Benteke is an interesting one. He's not the long ball merchant that people think he is. He's just been he playing that the other night. under a... When he, oh, he scored on debut for Liverpool with a fantastic um, volley. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's played most of his most of his career in England anyway in a system of long balls and crosses up to the big bloke. But he's a much more rounded player than that. And um, look, I don't think he's worth thirty two and a half million pounds. So the buyout clause they had to pay. I'm not quite sure the structure of those payments. I think they structured it over a few years of payments, but it's still a big sum. I don't think it's worth that. But I still think he is a good striker and with some decent service, he can go and, and, and can improve um, and become a good a good striker and a bit different to anything they have. And despite the fact that he's not you know, just a long ball merchant, at the end of the games, when Liverpool are drawing or the, you know, when they're trying to ch- chase that late goal, it's always good to have the option of, hit, yeah. of hit, hitting the ball up. I mean, that's why United always bring on Fellaini when things aren't going quite well, because defenders aren't used to it. So, um, yeah, look, I think I think they'll do all right this year. I think they're probably in that kind of fifth or sixth range, though, because for all... I mean, they had a lot of deficiencies. Um, they've lost some leadership with Gerrard leaving. Um, for all their deficiencies, and they have covered most of the, their, their weaknesses... The rest of the league's done the same. The rest of outside, well, outside of um, Chelsea, really, everyone else has bought well and gone to another level. So I don't think they've improved enough to break into that top four, um, unless you know Bender or Van Hal get fired in January <laughs> for poor well, performance. The, the other one that you're kind of, you haven't touched on is, is Manchester City, and I mean, yes, they've brought in Sterling, but. Um, we saw over the weekend, I think it was, when they lost 4-0 to uh, Stuttgart, their defence is looking quite concerning, uh, and, and they'd want to be making a couple more additions before the window closes, you would think? I don't think they will. I think they bought, they've spent an outrageous sum on, on Mandala, 
Um, and they'll just, I guess, well, they have to play him because uh, Demi Taylor, so this is a similar kind of defender to Terry. Now, in the way that he kind of reads the play, he's not quick at all. Company has looked, well, I mean, it was only pre-season games, but the games I saw him, he was very ordinary and looked a shadow of himself because of all the injuries he's had in the last few years. But I don't think they will go and buy another defender. I think they'll ride with those guys. They have got uh, some young guys coming through. It'll be interesting to see if Pellegrini's happy to th- throw them in the deep end. They've got experience at, at, at fullback. So, I mean, the, they... Now, I know, I know Moomer and Gisela won't like me saying this, but, you know, your Fernando and Fernandinho, I mean, if you combine their transfers, I think you're looking at about, you know, 45, 50 million pounds. You'd surely have rather them go and spend that on a star, on like a Vidal or someone like that. Or, which, I mean, Juventus are really starting to annoy me with how smart they are, the transfer dealings. Why wouldn't you just, you know, pay Sammy Kadira 100 grand a week? and bring him in and, and yeah. see if he can work yeah. for free. It's really starting to annoy me how all of well, my club and, and, and other clubs in the league spend, you know, those kind of middling sums around 15 to 20 million pound on players and hope that they fit in when you've got, you know, you can get one for free outside of the wages or you can just, just go the whole hog, push the boat out and buy your Vidal's and that kind of guy. Well, it, we've um, seen so it's, it's that's failed with, with Liverpool and Spurs have both gone out and bought a lot of those middling players after selling Bale and um, Suarez and mm. and you're right and it's just not working for them. Correct. I mean the money ball scenario I mean yeah it worked for one season in America yeah. <laughs> and the Red Sox are now down the bottom. I'm actually reading that book at the moment so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well we might move on to a side that, that appears to be succeeding somewhat with uh, their own Moneyball strategy, which is Southampton, where they seem to be they seem to be able to find a few budget buys um, outside of England, and it, it's seen them shoot up the table uh, in the season just past, and remains to be seen if it'll hold them in good stead for the season that, that's approaching. But um, Lunity, what's your take on them? Yeah, obviously, I was going to say that they are probably the best example of that Moneyball-style uh, tactic with transfers. After last year losing... Um, Lalana and well, Lambert doesn't really count. Um, Lover and all those sorts of guys—they bought well to push themselves to get seventh place. When we all thought, I think most people probably thought they were going to be relegated. Yeah, yeah, um, I definitely had them towards the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so obviously it's happened again this season with uh, Schneiderlin and Klein both leaving, um, and even Alder Weireld, who has moved in controversial uh, ways to Spurs. Um, they've lost two of their best players from last season, but they've bought, uh, so they've bought Classy from Feyenoord. Uh, they've got Kolka on loan from QPR. Um, they've brought in Martina from FC20 for 1 million to replace Klein. And Wanmi is a striker from Malaga that they've bought for 5 million. So they've obviously gone the same method as they did last year to get, uh, the likes of Pele and Tadic, um, so I think, hopefully, like I like Southampton, so I'd like to see them do what they did last season again and qualify for Europe. Um, but who knows with how well the sides around them have bought as well. I think Liverpool have probably bought a little better, but of course we thought the same thing last season and um, Southampton still exceeded everyone's expectations. 
I think, like you've just touched on, probably the big issue for them this season is the added pressure of Europe. Um, yeah. And to see how they handle that, because I mean, we've seen better sides than them in you know Everton struggle with playing in Europe. Um, so whether they've now got the depth of the squad or or mentality needed in the squad to deal with that extra extra Thursday night game uh, will be interesting to see because that's probably a new challenge for them to, to have to deal with. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it'll just be up to them whether they at some point just pull the plug on having much focus on Europe or um, whether they can maintain good performances in Europe with good performances in the league. Yeah, it, it'll certainly be interesting to see. Um, and then we'll move on just to chat about one of the sides that I've had a look at, uh, one of the three promoted clubs, which is Watford. Uh, I'll cover the other two in the second segment. Um, but Watford, a lot like um, Liverpool and a few other sides, have had quite a busy summer where they've pretty much brought in a new first eleven. They've brought in Juan Fran, but then they've loaned him back out for $1.5 million. They've brought in Holobas for $1.8 million. Kapue from Spurs for 6.5, Barami for 3 million, uh, and Bergulas for 4.6. So they've actually spent about 21 million uh, net because they've only made about 550,000 in um, mm. transfer fees. Uh, so they've spent quite a lot. They've pushed the boat out quite far already, uh, which, interestingly enough, if, if it doesn't succeed for them and they're struggling come January, there might not be a whole lot in the budget uh, to go out and strengthen in January. Um, but they've also brought in... So Vidra coming in for them is a big one, I think, yep. because he had quite a successful season for them in the championship. Back in uh, 2012-13, he scored 20 goals for them in about 40 games. Um, but I think I think probably Watford's biggest strength is actually their ownership because their owners also own Granada and Udinese. So it sort of adds that extra layer of scouting, I suppose, that they can go and pick up a bargain from one of those clubs maybe a lot easier than, than other clubs would be able to uh, in their position. Um, so it will, be seeing, it will be interesting to see how they adapt to the Premier League. Uh, and, of course, they've got a new manager in because they've gone through about four or five of them last season. Mm. Uh, and, mm. and Chike Flores has come in. I mean, he, he had Getafe uh, reach 15th in La Liga, which isn't too impressive. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how they adapt to the Premier League. Um, they're almost probably my tip to go down of the three promoted clubs, but it remains to be seen how their signings adapt, I suppose. So you think they're ahead of Bournemouth? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I I, I might be... I wouldn't call it biased because it's not like I support them, but I quite like Bournemouth and I quite like the story. So maybe it's a bit optimistic of me to see Bournemouth as um, that fairy tale side that can do basically what Swansea did and carry through with this style of play that, that's got them promoted from League Two all the way to the Premier League, scoring well and conceding few. Um, and hopefully seeing Bournemouth adapt a bit like Swansea to become quite a, a successful side. But yeah, unlike previous years, I mean, it's really hard to call. They, I mean, all three promoted clubs have their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, I mean, Norwich pretty much have the same Premier League squad that they got relegated with, plus they've made a few additions, so they're looking pretty strong. I mean, Watford, as, as I've just said, have brought in quite a few players, uh, and Bournemouth have quite a compelling style of football. They've got the consistency of Eddie Howe, who's been there since League Two, um, and they've 
they've strengthened smartly in a couple of areas to bring in a bit of experience. So um, figuring out who's looking likely for relegation and, and who's going to stay up is, is looking quite tough this year. Well, I actually think that Watford, I was thinking about that this morning, I need to change my... Um, Predictions because I think Watford are almost uh, well guaranteed to do everything they possibly can to stay up, and the reason for that is that the owners who own Udinese um, will make more money off the English TV rights than they will off the Italian rights, even though Udinese are a massive club. Yeah. So I think that's why they're really pushing the boat out with spending. You might see some uh, interesting loan deals in January with Udinese if things aren't quite going their way, and and so some more big big signings. Well, and it, it, conversely, it, it, sorry. sorry. There you go. I also think that Claudio Ranieri will be an absolute disaster, and Leicester will go down. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that one. I mean, I saw Jat's comment today, not seeming too um too pessimistic about the season, and seemed pretty confident they'd stay up. But I'll have to agree. I mean, Ranieri strikes me a lot in the same way as um, Dick Advocat for for Sunderland as two managers who seem to be a bit past it now, um, and whether they can keep their sides up remains to be seen. Um, the only thing I'd say about Leicester is uh, that the owners probably don't have the same attachment to Ranieri that they had to Nigel Pearson, uh, and might be more likely to sack him if, if the season starts to go wrong again. Mm. But no, I mean, it's an interesting one with Watford. They had issues in the championship where uh, loan regulations had to be tightened up because they had about... <laughs> 13 loans from Udinese. Um, I'm not sure if there are similar restrictions in the Premier League, but if not, I'm sure there certainly would be. Uh, is, there, is there some restriction on the number of players you can loan in from an international club? I know you can only have one from a, uh, one per Premier League club, I think. There probably are, but um, I, know, I think it will be multiple. I know you can have unlimited. Inter- well, I know you can. There's there's less restriction on the number of international loans, but I'm not sure if there's a restriction on the specified. Like you, know, you can only have you know three from one club or something like that. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we could see quite an interesting January window for Watford in the way of loans <laughs> because I can't imagine there's Please, there's much how much nationals rock up. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't see them spending a whole lot more in January purely from an from a financial fair play point of view because of how much they've already spent and they can't have that much revenue outside the TV rights. Um, so it would have to be loans, I suppose, if they, if they do that. Um, so I guess uh, of the... Unless, sorry? Unless Udinese, you know, bought Watford's reserve keeper for £30 million. <laughs> <laughs> there, there must be some sort of... Um, regulation on that sort of stuff in terms of um, arm's length transactions that you can't just tell, tell transfer whatever they do. Mate. Come on. <laughs> tell Topoli and all that. they <laughs> probably start trying to write the rest as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just, just rounding it all off, uh, of the teams we've discussed of uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Southampton, um, United and Watford, uh, where do you guys see each of them finishing? So maybe start with United. Um, I see United as it currently are finishing between second and third. The right centre half signings, I think you're looking at between and first and second. Did you want me to keep going on to the other clubs? Ah, uh, no, we'll jump over to Looney. 
for United. Um, yeah, I think with the uh, spendings they've they've done this transfer window, I think United will definitely be up around. There'll probably be three or four clubs now actually fighting for the title, whereas in the past couple of seasons it's been one or two. Um, so I think it's gonna tighten a lot at the top, and I think United will be right up there, um, probably second or third. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree with that one as well. I, I think, yeah, if they can bring in a decent centre-back, perhaps pushing for the title, um, but it might be a season too soon, so maybe second or third. Um, Chelsea, uh, probably first or second? First or second. Yep, first or second. Yeah. Um, anything less is a disaster, really. Uh, and Liverpool, any chance of pushing into the top four? I don't think Finally, so. If- only if an existing top four team capitulates. Yeah, they just—they yeah. still don't have that. They still don't have Suarez, basically. They don't have that absolute star centre forward that's going to carry them. Yeah, yeah. Who shot the bloody buttery duck? <laughs> it's, it's not on my end. Oh, it's mine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> flying around the room, ch- ch- chiming in with, with their own predictions. Um, <laughs> Uh, what about Southampton? Um, can we see them still managing to finish top seven or with Europe maybe struggling to fit into the top ten? I think they'll finish tenth. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think the Europe uh, pressure will drop them down a little bit, but I'd like to see them stay in the top seven. <laughs> yeah, I'll say probably about eighth or ninth, um, depending on a couple of other sides around that, that log jam. Um, it's a bit unpredictable, I suppose, in that group. Uh, and Watford, I mean, relegation or, or staying up? 15th. 15th? 15th, okay. Um, I would... If they don't get relegated, it's going to be an escape only just. So probably maybe 17th or 16th. Yeah, I might I might have them around uh, 18th or 19th, but depending on... I think a lot will depend on what happens in January for them. Uh, if they can bring in a, a mysterious bunch of Italians who pop up at the airport, uh, might get them to six, 16th or 17th. Um, but it, well, yeah. I guess only, it was only about, I mean, every year it's only about five points between kind of 13th and 18th. So it's not inconceivable yeah. that they could pop up. Yeah. We we will have to see. Uh, and before Looney's budgie gets too out of control, we might we might call it a day there. So th- thanks very much for joining me, boys. No problem. Thanks for having me. And we'll uh, flick over to the second half of this segment now. So over to you, SM. <laughs> <laughs> 